Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast, the official podcast of FilmPulse.net. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode number 168. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, Kevin Rakestraw. How you doing, Kevin? Pretty good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Uh, this week we'll be That's reviewing right. Claudia Loss's Aloft, playing in select cities, as well as the drug addiction drama Animals, available now in Video On Demand. You did see those, right? I did see okay. those. That would have been fun if I was just like, no, didn't watch <laughs> Well, you this. know, I feel like I need to ask, just to make sure. <laughs> uh, a little later, I'll be having friend of the show, director Calvin Lee Reader, back on to tell us about not one, but two short films that he's working on that are currently funding on Kickstarter. And we'll also be going over some of what we've been watching, DVD and Blu-ray releases, predictions, new on VOD, all that fun stuff. Uh, remember, you can send us your questions, podcastfilmpulse.net's the address, and be sure to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse, and support the show and the website for as little as $1 per month. Let's go ahead and dive right in. Let's do it. We're going to start... Let's get into it. We're going to start off with a loft. Okay. This, uh, as I said, directed by Claudia Lassa. Is that how you say it? Lassa? Sure. Lossa? Lossa? I was thinking Losa. Losa. I don't know. I have a synopsis. I have no idea if I'm right. Okay, <laughs> sure. I have a synopsis here. A loft tells of a struggling mother who encounters the son she abandoned 20 years earlier, stars Jennifer Connelly, Killian Murphy, and Melanie Laurent. All right, I'm going to go ahead and start this off. Start it. I'm going to jump jump in. Now, I know that, that hate is a strong word, Uh-oh. but I'll say, like... After I watched this movie, I said I hated that movie. Right or like after it was over, I was like I hated that. I hated everything about that movie. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm gonna, because it's really tough to say mm. that. But mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. strongly despised this movie. I think this. I think that might be worse. <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought as despised is worse. Is it? Than... You think it's worse than hate? <laughs> I think so. Mm. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I could not stand this movie. I had the worst time getting through it. It just from the beginning, from the beginning moments of the movie, I was like, oh no. Oh no, this is not. We got like healers and like it's really I, new, it's really new agey and I had no idea what the hell this movie was about. <laughs> I didn't either. So <laughs> so when this sucker starts like right off the bat, I'm like, oh man, that, okay, I like the cinematography, I like I like this imagery, I like it. All right. And the next thing I know, there's like there's falcons. I don't know, I don't know why are there falcons? Oh uh, yeah. There's... And then like you said, there's healers and there's like the guy named the architect, and he has these ridiculous structures that he built, which reminded me of the guy from that documentary. Which I can't remember what the name of that was. The guy that builds the things and then yeah, in the forest. Them. Yeah, yeah. That that's, I don't remember it the looks name, exactly. But... It looks exactly like that. It, this guy's structures. And I was just thinking to myself, what the fuck am I watching? I was trying what, to figure what out what are we doing. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure out what the hell I was experiencing throughout most of this movie. Uh, I was extremely bored throughout the whole thing. I the, just the fact that Killian Murphy is a falconer. He is a falconer. He, not only that, not only that, but he has the best hybrid falcons. He has hybrid falcons. 
He's making the greatest hybrid Falcons people have seen. I love that scene. Who's who's following Falcons? Well, that's what I, that was my question is how do you make money from being a falconer? Like what do you do? I, what do you do for income I, as a falconer? I have no idea. And, and there and was the there was one point earlier early fairly early on in the movie where he's having a conversation with Melanie Laurent and they're in a bus and he he gives a little jab at the bus driver. And basically, he's kind of acting like oh, yeah. <laughs> like this bus driver's beneath him. And I'm like, dude, you're a falconer, okay? Yeah. What What is your big accomplishment in life? You have, like, the most fucking worthless job. Is it even a job? I don't know. I like how we just all of a sudden got into just hating falconers. Well, it seems like it's a hobby, really. Well, it has to be. You can't make money off of being a falconer, can you? I don't know. Except from doing the odd show where you're like, hey, kids, look at this falcon. Right, yeah. <laughs> Go on talk shows and show off your falcon. <laughs> I mean, I, I was so just baffled by that. And and for the longest time, in the before it even broke into the two separate... Because for a while there, it's just one timeline right. that we're working yeah, with here. Yeah. One narrative. And then it breaks off into two, past and present. And before it got to the present day, I'm just thinking, why Why is this kid a falconer? Because not, I mean, he's what? How old do you think this kid is? 10, 11. 10, 11, falconer. Like, why is this kid a falconer? What does this have to do with anything? And then you finally get, you know, you get to the present day and you're like, okay, we're going to find out more about this falconer business and nothing. Why is there fucking falconers in this movie? I don't know why there's a lot of, why there's anything in this movie. Because it feels Dude, so... I guess the only, <laughs> the only reason that the falconer thing is this is because of the falcon flying into the... Into the the hut thing or the structure yeah. or whatever. The, he- Which, the healing why, dome, I call it. Why, why are they letting this kid take his falcon everywhere? <laughs> Oh, well, that was my first question when they went to the Arctic or wherever they went to find Jennifer Conley, and he brought his Why falcon he, with him. Why are you bringing your falcon? I was to like, Arctic? you're bringing it. You're bringing it with you, huh? You're bringing the falcon with you. You got in your little falcon backpack. Oh my goodness! Uh, and he was a complete asshole too. That was the other he's, thing. He was just the worst. He was like a complete dick the whole time. Throws a dead bird at his mom. Yeah. What the what? pelted his mom with a dead bird uh i also couldn't help but stare at jennifer Connolly's rat tail throughout the entire movie <laughs> and, and and uh i was like early on i was like Does she have a rat tail i think i think she has yep she has a rat tail she sure does this is that's that kind pretty, of movie it's got, that's a braided rat tail as well yeah i'm surprised that there weren't <clears throat> more crystals in this movie there should have been crystals there should have been crystals and wizard tapestries <laughs> hung on the wall and and lots of incense being burned all right let's get back to the movie real quick i am talking now, <laughs> <laughs> okay what 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 was the point of all of this like what did you get out of this like what was Nothing. this film's message what was it going for what I don't understand the point of any of this. I think a lot of it was supposed to be summed up in the uh, the droning that Jennifer Connelly does at the end, the voiceover at the end. But which again, okay, terrible voiceover. Yeah, did, did you know what? Like two minutes delivering voiceover, you know, laziest thing you can do to get your film's 
message across because you couldn't do it effectively with the film itself. Right. So you have that going on. Sad. I still don't know what the hell it's about or what the message was, except like maybe embracing darkness, I guess, is what they were trying to I say. I have no idea. I have no idea. I put it to say about what? Life or art or healing or falconry? Like, is that how you... Is that how you're a successful falconer? Yeah, like, that was the whole thing. Nothing happens in this movie. There's no... no nothing of then, consequence happens. And then it would, even worse than that, the stuff that does happen just happens for no reason. Like, I, as soon as Melanie, Berlant, uh, Melanie Laurent shows up, I'm like, okay, well, he's going to sleep with her. Right, yep, that's exactly what I said. That's exactly what I said. In the middle of the fucking Arctic in a car, they're just like holding hands and they're just in love. And you're like, okay, when did this happen? Yeah, and it was. I guess, yeah, the, and that, I guess that's why he brought the Falcon. And that was the whole thing. There was this really awkward moment where all of a sudden they're just holding hands and caressing each other. It was like, wait a minute, what what did I miss here? Where was was there any kind of like courtship happening? Was there a connection? It was the Falcon. That was the Falcon. And now I'm reminded why he brought the Falcon. Uh, he brings the Falcon to get laid. That's it's, what it it's is. Literally, it's literally his wingman. It is a chick magnet. The Falcon is a chick magnet. All you do is you fly that Falcon out, take that glove off, put it on her hand, boom. You're getting some like five minutes later. <laughs> but then even after they like sleep together, even like the rest of the movie, they're like a couple. And it's just like, damn, that was quick. You forgot about your wife. Yeah. Very quick. What happened to your wife and kid? Very very quickly and your other falcons yeah you still have like 10 more falcons at home <laughs> well they and her character is so underdeveloped there's i mean it's it's almost like the room level of development where there's a scene where they're they're sitting in uh there's a scene where <laughs> Which, he, he, you knew that was coming too oh yeah there's a scene where he he finds out that she has some ulterior motives too let's let's just back up a little bit <laughs> Because I think we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves as far as the plot well, for, uh, for people that of, may what, may not have seen this movie. Well, a lot of our discussion of this movie is very very Falcon heavy yeah. so far. So basically, Jennifer Conley is Killian Murphy's mother. the The beginning of the movie, she's younger. Uh, something happens, and then we skip forward to to now. And throughout the movie, it periodically jumps back as a lead up to for us to find out what happens, even though we already fucking, I mean, I knew what it was going to yeah. be right off the mm-hmm. bat. Yeah. Um, so Melanie Laurent finds Killian Murphy and she says, I'm a journalist. I want to interview your mom. Can you take me to your mom? And at, fir- at first he's like, no, 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 no way. No way. And then he reluctantly agrees. And then they head to the Arctic. Cause that's where she is. Turns out she's a healer. That's what she's she's hanging out in the Arctic, just healing people, and she's a an artist too, I guess. Yeah. So sculptures, healing sculptures, healing healing through art. Yeah, well, that's that's the basic setup, <laughs> and then that's really the entire movie. Like, yeah, that, that's it. That's all that happens. Like you and a shit ton of falcons. Yeah, yeah. So we find out that she has that Melanie Laurent has ulterior motives in going to see this this woman which again you can see it coming a mile away mm-hmm. no big spoilers here yeah he gets and then killian murphy gets pissed and he's like you know get you why tell me why mom would leave her kid 
And then she gives, like, a terrible answer to that question. Yeah. Which is, like, you know, and you finally get to that scene, and you're like, okay, this is what we've been kind of haphazardly working towards the entire film. Like, this is the big culminating scene. This is where the drama's just going to be unsheathed. And then there's nothing. It's just a dud, just like a fizzle. Yeah. Well, the whole movie. Of, like, (laughs) Murphy just being, like, a little upset. Yeah. Giving a good cry. And he goes, Whoop, see you later. And then he leaves. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, oh, We're down here. Let me get my Falcon. Uh, and apparently I have a girlfriend now. Yeah. Uh we we didn't talk about one of the one of the more one of the bigger scenes, which was the opening scene where Jennifer Conley is delivering a pig. Yeah. Just So you see that reach happen. In, just reach up in that pig, pull it out. Yep. Pull out a smaller pig from a bigger pig. Yep. That's how it works. You see that happen at the beginning for some reason. I don't know, I don't know if, that's, if that's some kind of symbolism. That's what we're starting off with. I It, it might be. Because like I said, I, haven't, I don't know what the hell... The, what what was this movie going for? <laughs> I don't know. It's what, it's what I'm trying to figure to, out. To me, the whole thing just felt... It felt like it was all about kind of new age spiritualism. But, that, e- but it barely even focuses on that. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, that's the thing. Maybe like a, 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 a in its entirety, maybe like eight minutes. Yeah, and that's the, devoted to that. And that's the thing you mentioned. There is this architect guy, and he's a healer. And there's this event that occurs at the beginning of the movie that you, the again you mentioned before with the Falcon getting into the the dome thing, and the whole town basically comes out against this family. And it's like, what, what kind of world are we living in here? What is this? Like, at first, I thought that they were in some kind of cult, and it was, like, some kind of weird uh, town where it was, like, a cult or something. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know what what, what it is about this place. If it, no, I don't yeah. I don't either. And, I, and the whole architect character, we, we don't know a whole lot about this guy either, and he just kind of comes comes in and does his thing, and I don't know what happened to him. And then he's just like... Hey, you're a healer. Yeah. She's like, what? What? No way. He's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> you're you're totally a healer. It's fucking, I didn't heal over, that person. You did. Guess what? A, you're going to do it again. Over a bulb pistachios. She's like, yeah, you're a healer. Totally. Yeah. You want to go into business or something? You want to, you want to like, you want to hook up and like make this thing work? Just like heal people. Healing team. Team heal. Get, get rid of that damn kid in his falcon. Drop that dead weight. And none of it made sense. Like, none of it made sense. Why did she leave? I don't know. Like, it, there was what? no... Nothing to back up the actions of any of the characters now, at all. Because, okay, there's... there's you know, her, her first healing that she does out in the middle of the woods for some reason. She takes her kids, but she doesn't... She leaves them in the truck with the keys. With the keys... In the truck. And it's like, okay, you're just like... You can't put your keys in your pocket. Come on. You're healing people, okay? First off, that's all you're doing is you're healing a little girl. You made like an elaborate like tree swing and you're just going to swing around and just let the sun bathe your face. Like you can't take your kids to that. Why you got to leave them in the truck? Yeah, there's other people. There's the the other guys there. So it's not like you have to do it alone. Yeah, watch fucking kids. Also, how does she know how to heal? It just seems like... Like, what does she do? She's got that gift. She just does it. She does it. 
Yep. Just come. It just comes naturally to her. She's like, oh, I'm a healer now. It just emanates from her pores. She's got the gift. Well, one thing that we didn't discuss is that, and again, this is not... Probably the Falcons. Did we talk about the Falcons? This isn't like a big spoiler or anything, but uh, her son, one of her sons, has a brain tumor. And he's, I guess, dying. They don't really... He he could... He might not live very long. He's going to die. And she doesn't bother healing him. Uh, But then something happens, and I think... And Killian Murphy kind of resents her for it, even though... This thing that happens is pretty much all his fault. Yeah, pretty much. Just straight on his fault. And then she just disappears. And then she she abandons her son and she never sees him again until this movie happens. And she doesn't recognize him, which I thought was interesting, how she didn't even recognize him. Yeah. That's it. That's all, that's all I have to say. Uh, so it's just pointless. This, it, but it's a pointless affair. It's a pointless affair. It's what it is. Unless you like Falcons. Now you Unless mentioned, fucking yeah, you Falcon work. You mentioned that you liked the cinematography. I, yeah, but that that kind of flew out the window pretty quick. Oh, okay. Because I was you know, gonna say was, I, like, I did not like it. Like the like the opening sequences and everything. I was like, okay, all right. It looked yeah. Getting into this, it looked good. But then it just oh my goodness, we just we pumped those brakes so hard. Yeah, and just did nothing for like two hours. Yeah, I with I think CGI Falcon was that a real Falcon flying? I don't know. Those, those, that, those images didn't look uh, didn't look too natural. I think at least some <clears> of it was real. It kind of looked like it looked like um, Man of Steel when Man of Steel was flying, <laughs> but instead of Superman, it's a Falcon. <laughs> that's what you're looking at. Oh man, so that's a loft. Uh, cannot absolutely cannot recommend this. I'm gonna go ahead and score this. A mm, two, two out of ten. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with three. It's uh not not recommended. I do not recommend this one. No. There's just nothing. There's nothing to it. It's it's a nothing. But you know we've seen movies this year that have been middle of the road, mediocre, Manila folder. But this one is just so. Uh, it it just it meanders so much without saying a, a word. It it talks so much but says nothing. Yeah, and then even again that that ending, the fact that you're going to deliver everything in voiceover, but you still haven't figured out exactly what the hell you're trying to say or what your point is. It's just how oh, it makes it even worse. Yeah, yep. So Aloft is playing in select cities now. I would actively avoid. That one. I looked this up on Rotten Tomatoes. Let me see here. Has a eight percent right now. So mm. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. yeah. And that's that's this is her what her first movie since two thousand nine, which was nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. This is the follow up. This is what we get the English language debut. Mm. Yeah. Yep. It's rough. That's yeah, not good. Not good. And it felt also felt like everybody was, and I don't know if this is a uh, to the to the fault of the director, but it felt like everybody was overacting. Like Jennifer Connelly, she's a great actress, and she really gives it her all in this movie. But at times, I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's dial it, dial it back, dial it back a little bit here." When she's We're going when nuts. she's screaming, when she's, crying, yeah, in when the she face just, of her kid, she just screams at the top of her lungs, and it's just like, okay. 
we're go- we're getting we're a little bit overboard here at this point. Just right in his face. Yeah. All right. Let's move on and talk about animals. This is directed by Colin Shifley. I have a synopsis here. Uh, animals tells the story of Jude and Bobby, a young couple that exists. Somewhere between homelessness and the fantasy of their imaginations. Though they masterfully con and steal in an attempt to stay one step ahead of their addiction, they're ultimately forced to face the reality of their situation when one of them gets hospitalized. This stars David uh, (laughs) Desmalchian and Kim Shaw. Now, Kevin, we'll start with you. What did you think of Animals? Um... Oh boy, it's all right. <laughs> I mean, it, it's you know what it is. You know what you know exactly where it's gonna go, and it it doesn't surprise you not one bit. Drugs are bad. Heroin's bad. Don't do heroin. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate that I saw this There's... this movie so soon after. Um, uh, freaking, <laughs> why am I drawing a blank? Heaven knows what. Saw it so soon after that because that's a drug movie too, and it's actually very, very similar. It involves uh, people kind of conning and doing what they can to keep their drug habit going, and they're homeless and all this stuff. So it's very similar subject matter, but only heaven knows what does it so much better than this movie. That isn't to say though that I didn't like this movie. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I mean, same here. It's just, it's one of those things that, like, as I'm watching, I'm kind of thinking to myself, do we need another heroin movie? Like, do, and you're not really doing anything fresh with it outside of, like, you know, you kind of make it, you inject this, like, con angle to it that you kind of make it a con movie, too, where you get to see them do these cons, and it's like, oh, shit, that's a pretty good idea. But at the same time, it's just, it's a heroin movie. Yeah, and again... it's just so familiar. Well, here's the thing that was kind of a bummer for me. Because in the synopsis, it says they exist somewhere between homelessness and the fantasy of their imaginations. And at the beginning of the movie, we see them waking up in what appears to be an apartment. And they're looking out and, the, and the, you see the city. and then Immaculate we, view. Yeah, and then we cut to them waking up in a car. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, I like this. I like this idea. It was sort of like... Um, what they did in the voices, you yeah. know, with where we see the reality and then we see what's happening in their mind. And I was expecting that, but they don't really do that. I mean, it's, I think it's they do it like maybe one more time. Yeah, it's, but a lot of it is kind of like a flashback, right? Like when early on in their relationship. So a lot of the stuff that we see later on is more like a flashback. Yeah, it's of, not. of earlier in their relationship and not so much a, as a, a fantasy where they're living yeah. in a fantasy world. I think it would have been a lot cooler if they kept that that going where, you know, we see what's happening in their mind or, or their their ideal situation and what they're imagining things are. And then and then, you know, we cut to her spilling her heroin on a dirty bathroom floor and. Ooh. Sucking it up, which was really disgusting. Extremely so. And I thought that that, that there were some shocking moments in this. Uh, him injecting the, the heroin into his dick was 
rough to watch. Which I thought that was like, this guy's how old? And it's like you're already you're already injected into your feet <laughs> and your dick. Like no, no, you're not. It's kind of you sped that up a little bit. Well, who knows how hard they were hitting it? I guess I don't I don't know how long it takes for your veins to get destroyed by heroin. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I thought that it was very well acted. I thought that both the leads did a really good job. Yeah, both performances. There, that was the thing that that kept me engaged the entire time. If it if those performances weren't there, I would have been. Oh, I would have. Yeah, uh, I this would have been a rough go. Yeah. Oh, uh, because there's not much going on uh, cinematography wise. You know, the directing. You know, there's not. No, it's pretty. It's kind, of, it's, it's kind of bland, to be honest. It's got a decent story, but the performances are really well done, and that's kind of what keeps you engaged. But I thought the music cues were were good. I liked uh, the way that they they would uh, use the music. I don't know why that stuck out to me, but that I just kept one. Well, this is completely has nothing to do with the movie, but I kept wondering, like, why do you keep going to a diner bathroom and do heroin? You have a car, just do the Well, yeah, the and, and there, there's one scene where one of them stays in the car, and then the other one goes into the bathroom. And it's like, well, you're, yeah. why don't you both just stay in the car and do it? Stay in the car and do your heroin. Come on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about heroin etiquette. Maybe uh, you're not allowed to, like, do it around each other or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Um... But, yeah, uh, not a lot, not a whole lot to say. Uh, it's, I, I mean, the only slightly refreshing thing is that one, it's not pitch black bleakness. Uh, no, you I know, mean, it's kind, it's kind of bad, but it doesn't go into, you know, not get into the ass to ass territory. No, no, it's not as it doesn't go as far down as Requiem people aren't getting their arms cut off and yeah. And there's a little bit of hope at the end, mm-hmm. a little bit. So you got that going on, but the, the, you get the hope in one hand and the bleakness in the other. Yeah, and it, and it is as much a love story as it is a story about addiction. And I think which, the, the, which is, <laughs> I thought I actually tur- I turned to my wife halfway through and I was like, "Love is the strongest drug of all." <laughs> so that's what they were really addicted to. Yeah. If you think about it. Sure, sure. You know, because you see what happens is they turn things around. Yeah, separate them. Yep. Yep. It's what you need. That's See, they were kind of getting to it with when they were doing their heroin, but they would always meet up afterwards. <laughs> That's what did it. Mm, I thought the, the love story angle worked. It was believable, and it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't really heavy-handed, and it wasn't annoying to me. I, I thought that it, it was good. They, no, they felt again, like a real couple. Yeah, exactly. And again, I think that's due to the performances. They just they felt like a couple. Yeah. Yep. And it worked for that reason. Man, if you take that out, oh, oh boy. It was just different than I thought it was going to be. I was expecting it to be. I thought it'd be like a fresher take. Yeah. I thought it'd be something different, something new, exciting, something. For some reason, from the trailer, I thought that they spent more time in the zoo and that they were gonna. Uh, draw more parallels between them and actual animals and stuff but not 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 really no no it it, it happens a couple times like when they're 
what was it? They were somewhere and there was a, in a hotel room or something. And there was, they were watching a program. And it was like lions on the TV. Yeah. Yep. That's that kind of worked. Yeah. I don't know. That just, that got, that whole angle felt kind of forced. Like this, I don't think this is really working. Well, I don't think they did much with it. That's the, no, that's the exactly. whole thing. And they, and they kind of forget. It seems like they forgot about it for a while, and then they kind of brought it back. Yeah. And like, oh yeah, that's right. It's called animals. Yeah. What are you guys? What are you guys getting at? That's what I'm asking. Both of these movies that we watched. <laughs> what, are you, what are you getting at? Hmm. Well, I think the easy answer with animals is drugs are bad. Yeah. At least <laughs> the message is pretty yeah. clear on animals. <laughs> The other one's like something about falcons and yeah. mysticism. I don't know. Like w- wicker domes. Wicker domes. See, that's what we got to do. We got to fuse these two movies. A falconer slash heroin addict and a wicker dome. Ooh, with I like hybrid that. falcons. Hybrid falcons. I like that. Yeah. See, now we have something. That's a fresh take. There's also something in this that I thought was a little bit underdeveloped, and that's when she gets sick. Uh, I I don't really know what they were going for there, but I felt like they there was more to say with that. Much more, but they yeah they don't. You're right. They don't really they don't delve into that too much. Like why even mention it is is what I'm wondering. Because at first I thought where they were gonna be like, oh well, we got to get you to a doctor, we got to get cleaned up or something like that. But but that's not really what they do and it seems well, it that, seems it, like that's i thought it was going to be a motivating factor but it, it well, I wasn't think it, I, I think that that's what maybe that's what they're trying to show is that jesus even yeah she even gets, okay even this is not not motivating them they still fall back into i guess scoring scoring some cash to get some heroin i guess maybe maybe if they introduced it later then when they were closer to to rock bottom that was the other kind of that was the other kind of interesting thing about this is that there's so many of these drug movies that start with the characters being clean and then discovering drugs and heading down that path. But in this movie, they start right before they hit rock bottom, right? So they're they're already on that downward spiral. We don't have to go through them being introduced to the drugs and then slowly spiraling. Yeah, it's like already there. It's we're in it. We're in the thick of it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also kind of surprised that these people are getting getting conned by this couple. Because the whole time I'm thinking, these, these guys haven't bathed in a long time. Well, yeah, I mean, they even asked him <laughs> at one point, how long has it been since you've had a shower? Yeah, and I mean, if a guy's coming up to me, he would be like, hey, I found this laptop. I'd be like, Jesus Christ, you smell. Yeah, yeah. Get away. Get away from me. Yeah, definitely. Uh-uh. Uh, so that's Animals. I would give it a very light recommend i would still say heaven knows what just that one that one is way better to me i would say go watch the panic and needle park that's much better because this kind of felt like that because panic and needle park is kind of like a love story where they can't you know they keep falling back into it Mm -hmm. and that one's more that one's more relentless because they like they kind of get better and then they fall back in and then they kind of get better, and then they fall back in. And it's like that for like two hours, and it's just relentless and depressing and terrible. Mm. And this felt like that's what it was kind of going for, but doesn't come close. No, the closest thing is that they talk about it. They talk about tapering off and getting clean, yeah. but, they, but it never... Oh, yeah, and you know they're not going to. No, never, never gets there. All right, what are you going to give animals out of 10? 
Oh, I'm going to give it a five and a half. I'm going to give this one a six. See, I was thinking a six. That bumped it down. I liked it. I, I didn't find a lot wrong with it. It just didn't do a lot more than you know what I've seen before. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't have a problem with it. It's an hour and a half long. Doesn't stay overstay its welcome. I wasn't bored by it. I thought that the pacing was fine. And uh, at first, I was having a little trouble with the end being a little too. I don't want to say yeah. perfect, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I kind of had a. My reaction to that was. It just wasn't mm. that realistic, really. Uh, if you look this, at... This is a bit much. Yeah, if you look at these characters, I just don't see that. I mean, I, I, I would love to, for that to be how it would turn out, but, you know, I don't know. I was just kind, of, just kind of thinking, you know, when they open that door and they go into that room, I'm just like, that's what we were doing this for for 90 minutes? Yeah. This is what we were working towards? <laughs> yep, apparently. Really? Apparently, apparently. All right, Animals is on demand right now, so you can check that out right on Amazon or any of those other platforms. Oscilloscope put it out, so it should be available on all of them. Let's go ahead and jump to our interview with director Calvin Lee Reader and talk about his two new short films currently funding on Kickstarter. Calvin Reader, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Uh, The reason I had you on here today is because you got two new short films they're currently funding on Kickstarter. How are you doing, first of all? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, before we get into that, I want to ask a kind of an off-topic question. Have you seen Mad Max, and how much do you love it? Dude, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going we, I'm going today after this, like... Oh, okay. It's, it's hilarious, because I was hanging out with Mike Plant yesterday. He's the shorts programmer at Sundance, and he's, uh-huh. been, at, he's been at Cannes, and he's totally missed it as well. And I was like... Okay, I gotta do this Skype, but then right after that, we're gonna go see Mad Max. Well, you'll have to let me know what you think, because uh, it pretty much blew my mind, and I, I have a feeling that you're gonna like it. But I, I wanted to get your opinion on it, so I haven't heard a negative word about it. I just, I just keep fucking it up, man. I'm gonna go today. I would go see it in the largest screen possible. <laughs> cool, we'll do. <laughs> All right, let's t- let's talk about. So you have not one but two short films on Kickstarter. What made you decide to do a twofer? Well, you know, it's kind of an interesting story. I, I wasn't going to do any, but then my old, uh, not my old producer, producer I worked with before, uh, Christian Palmer, just called me on the phone and basically asked me what I was doing. And I said, in the immediate future, nothing. And he's like, well, what do you want to, let's make something. So I sent him this idea I had called The Bulb. And we were like, cool, let's make this. So we budgeted it out. And then I emailed my guy at Kickstarter. And I'm like, his name is Dan. And I was like, hey, Dan, what, what do you think? You know, I, don't, I haven't done a Kickstarter in a while. And he's like, you should do two. So I'm like, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I had this older idea that I could never figure out how to, how to make. Uh, and I sent it to Christian, and he immediately found the right people. And, and the reason it was difficult is because it requires an elaborate set build, and um, we need carpenters, guys like that. Uh, so we found him, and we decided to make these two. But then this funny thing happened when I was up in Seattle. Um, I haven't told anybody this, so I guess this is a pretty good time to say. We're hmm. going to actually make three short films. Uh, there's oh, the, wow. 
there's a third one, and that the third one will be called Come Here. Um, so yeah, we're doing three short films for about uh, eleven, uh, or actually, we'll probably probably be about ten thousand dollars because there's Kickstarter ca- uh, taxes and stuff we had to cover, but mm-hmm. um, three. Cool. So, are these uh, short films going to be? Are they going to be connected? Because you're shooting them back to back, right? That's right. It's going to not. You know what? It's going to be all mixed up. It'll almost be like you're shooting a feature film because we won't be shooting it in order because oh, we're okay. over town and you know. Right. To, uh, so yeah, we're we're, tre- we're treating it as if it's one film, but they will, you know. Now, are there going to be the same uh, actors or characters? Are are, are they going to be kind of intermingled? Are, the, are there going to be connections to each of these short films? You know, we're kind of working on that. That that could happen. We want them to play, you know, independently. So, like, we could we could say submit the procedure to the Maryland Film Festival, and we could send um, the bulb to Florida, and they mm-hmm. would they wouldn't need each other. Uh, okay, that's kind of the hope there. Um, uh, but we are, you know, they are connected. There are some of the same performers. Um, the identity of the characters in these films are not really the emphasis. So I think there's a way to put them all together and make some kind of like, uh, maybe like a quarter hour freak out. That'd be kind of <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, let's talk about the stories themselves. So let's, let's start with The Bulb. Sure. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what, what you have going with that one? Story-wise, it's about a, um, I guess a lonely man checks into a motel room, finds a stranger in his bathroom that reveals to him an alternate world that is broadcast in from the public access station, <laughs> motel t- television. Um, he coaxes him to go in there, uh, and his life is forever changed, very much for the worse after he chooses <laughs> to do that. <laughs> well, I already love it. I already love it. Uh, what about the procedure? So the procedure is a shorter film, but it, it it's the most expensive one. <laughs> It is. Uh, it requires a, a huge build, and it is about a guy who, uh, I should say, an unsuspecting man who is captured and uh, uh, held captive in a strange little room where something horrible happens to him. But it's not what you might think. It's uh, it's horrific. But I think you'd actually have to classify this as comic. But hmm. uh, either way, you won't forget what happens. And if I told you right now, I would be spoiling it. Yeah, uh, don't. Yeah, don't. So, don't tell us anything. <laughs> it's it's horrifically comic, uh, and I don't think anybody's seen this particular thing done in a film before. Well, I'm very intrigued now. I <laughs> I was already intrigued, but now I'm really intrigued. So, uh, speaking of length, what are you looking at as far as the length of both of these? I hope the procedure is really short and sweet. I hope it's like four minutes, because oh. uh, I, th- I think it's going to be m- way more potent the shorter it is. Huh. Uh, I believe the bulb will be somewhere between eight to ten minutes. Okay. And then this third one, Come Here, I'm hoping to get it in at two minutes. Um, I love the short, short. In the weirdest way, they're the most memorable. Um, yeah. So we want to do potent, uh, <laughs> short things and just and just roll the dice. And it's just—it seems almost like with with that length, you could just bunch them all together, as in one short film, and just have all three of them together. Yeah, we we're working on that kind of a thing as well. Like, is it, what kind of visual concepts can we do to glue these together? Mm-hmm. And sort of just give them to the the folks that want to see them. Um, we we kind of like our chances better at kind of blitzkrieging the festivals, 
with all these different ones, it's like, because, you know, we're not under the impression that any one festival would take all three. Right. And another thing that's difficult is a 15 or 20 minute short film is really, really difficult for a programmer to book because mm -hmm. you're saying, like, this, this one film is as good as any two or three. And we, we kind of just want to, like, okay, if you don't want a long one, here's a short one. If you want a medium or whatever. But we'll, yeah. if all goes to plan, maybe we will have a longer one and maybe some buddy wants to show it. <laughs> yeah. I don't and know. Lot, and a lot of times programmers package short films together yeah. into one program or a specific short film program. And it can be difficult when you have, like, the longer ones in there. It's much. It seems like it would be much easier just to throw in a two or three minute long one. Just, yeah, you know, to spice it up. Yeah, and then maybe when all said and done, I can I can glue them together and put them on my website or YouTube or whatever, and uh, and anybody who wants to see it can see it. Now, do you want to tell us anything about? I know that you haven't even revealed the third short film until just now. Do you want us to tell us anything about that one? Sure. It's this is definitely about a suspicious man who's walking through a wealthy neighborhood at night, and one of the things about the wealthy neighborhoods in Seattle. And I don't live there anymore, but I was up there visiting. And me and Carlos, one of my producers, were just we were up at like four in the morning walking through this these really rich neighborhoods just with the feeling that we could get arrested just by looking at these houses. <laughs> and one of the funny things about these homes is they always have the cutest little entryways, and this is like regarding their lights. Um like really well lit paths up to a really inviting uh doorway or entryway. And some some of them are downright seductive. Uh, but the last thing they want you to do is actually go there, even though that's what it's screaming. Yeah. So we're we're making a film about a, a suspicious man who takes an invitation to a place like that that he probably shouldn't. I <laughs> oh, can't wait for that one as well. Um, <laughs> so now your last few films were feature length. You did The Oregonian, you did The Rambler. Uh, what made you decide to to go back to the short form story? Was it just because you had these these little uh, nuggets of a of a story milling around in your head? Yeah, well, I mean, that's probably what made it possible for me to do these. Uh, well, the reason why is because the feature film projects I have in development now are just in development, and as mm -hmm. you know, that can take forever. So, like, I'm sitting around uh, pitching a lot and writing a lot, but not making a lot. So when Christian called me, my producer, uh, he said, well, why don't we make these up in Seattle with, like, Carlos and stuff? And I'm like, man, that sounds like the best thing ever for me right now. And uh, I happen to have these projects. So that's how it happened. Cool. So uh, as far as shooting, now I know before you uh, shot on film, uh, have you decided how you're going to shoot these? Yeah, these will be on Alexa. We have a okay. really cool DP who owns one. But I still shoot film. You know, I actually shot a music video yesterday on film. So oh, really? I haven't, like, switched over. It's just what's available these days and what battle you really want to fight. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you want to talk about the, the cast that you have lined up here? Sure. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, we don't have the, the entire thing cast yet, but we, we definitely have Linus Phillips, who some people may have seen seen in um, Togetherness, and they may have seen him in a show called Eastbound and Down. Um, uh, he also was recently in a film called Manson Family Vacation opposite Jay Duplass, mm -hmm. which I just saw at SIF, and it's really good. Actually, I'm about to go see that. I'm going to the uh, opening night at the Brooklyn Film Festival, and nice. that's, the, uh, that's the opening night film, so I'll be checking that out actually next week. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, Jay and Linus are both friends of mine for sure. Jay's a little busier these days, but Linus and I are going to go and get dirty in these motels. Uh, and <laughs> Linus and I have been talking about doing this for a few years now. He's a filmmaker as well. He made a, a feature called uh, Bass Ackwards that played Sundance mm-hmm. 20, 2012 or something like that. Um, and it's great. And he's he's just a creative force. So we, we kind of belong together. Also, a guy who's in it is Christian Palmer, who happens to be the producer. Um, and he he, wor- he works as an actor as well. He works as a negative cutter sometimes. He's my producer on the film The Oregonian. He's all things film, and um, he's, a, he's, he's pretty much good at everything. And he'll do anything, so we need him for that. <laughs> and um, let's, let's talk about the, the actual Kickstarter campaign. So you're looking to get 11 grand for this. Now... I'm assuming that that's going to cover the third short film as well, even though it's not on the, the page yet, right? Oh, yeah. We're going to make it work. Um, <laughs> we don't want to ask for any more money than we need. Um, and, and, the, and the idea we have is pretty simple for that. And I, I almost think we just, like, keep the DP for an uh, extra night. You know, he'll, we're, we're already trying to get these done in four days. And if we just move some scheduling around, um, we think we can squeeze this thing in. But yeah, we don't want to ask for more than we need. Um, you know, none of that covers my travel or food or anything that's just to put put it all on the screen cool and uh do you want to go over some of the different rewards that you're offering for backers sure uh yeah uh in the in the upper uh in the in the upper tiers um my mother happens to be a professional psychic and she will be um (laughs) giving psychic readings she's offered to do that she's really good actually um if you're into that kind of thing um, well, we have a lot of uh, propage from the uh, the films left over in my closet, if that's something anybody might be interested in. If people have less money, which is fully understandable, I have many, many copies of an early feature film I co-directed called Jerk Beast. The film is a total disaster, but if you ever want to see the uh, humble beginnings of a filmmaker struggling through, struggling out of the primordial soup of idea and thought. Uh, this is Jerk Beast. Um, it has a weird following, by the way. Like, a lot of people have no idea that I have continued to make films after Jerk Beast. They just find me on Facebook and ask me where they can get that. It actually started as a public access show and we had a weird following. So we'll have that. Uh, and then we also have, like, a lot of posters from the Oregonian and the Rambler left over. So that's all packaged in there as well. Fantastic. So this, as we're recording this, this is Sunday. There's 19 days remaining, so we'll be sure to put the link in the show notes and all that stuff, and you can go to our page, and we have all the links and all that stuff there. So, Calvin, thank you once again for coming on the show. Best of luck with the campaign. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you helping out with this. Thanks again, Calvin. Again, we're going to have the link in the show notes for the Kickstarter page. Be sure to check that out as soon as you can. Let's go ahead and talk about something we're watching. Kevin, we'll start with you this week. Go ahead. Oh, my God. I finally got to see Polytechnique. Okay. Okay. From 2009, the dramatization of the Polytechnique shooting in 1989. And, um, boy, this is, this, is, this is a tough one to watch because it's just, it's just a straightforward dramatization shot in black and white. Um, and it just deals with the facts shooter getting ready for the day you know some some uh some people you know 
classes and whatnot, and and then it just the shooting, and it is realistic, and oh boy, is that difficult. And the the thing that makes it extremely difficult is that the killer is he's just he's targeting women, right? And by women, it's just, he thinks that all women are feminists, and he's I guess a war against feminists. I don't know what he thinks he's trying to accomplish here, and. Man, it's it's difficult because and the the very opening scene kind of catches you off guard because it's just people making copies mm-hmm. and then it just happens out of nowhere yeah. and it's just like oh my god and it just feels so damn real and it's just and then after that after you know we get through the shooting and everything then it sort of it follows one of the one of the guys that tried helping out during the shooting follows him for a little bit and then it follows one of the uh one of the female survivors and it sort of follows her for a while and you know there's some hope at the end of the movie you get some hope in there but again it's kind of delivered in this voiceover narration that just i don't think really worked too well and but i i have trouble with these movies in the sense that okay at the very beginning it says that you know this movie is made to honor the victims. So the whole time I'm watching, I'm thinking, okay, how are we honoring these victims? So essentially, all you did was cast people that are like the same age, probably kind of look the same mm-hmm. as the victims, and then you just gun them down again on camera with realistic effects. You just like shoot them in the face again. And I'm just thinking, like, how is that honoring them? Like, it, we killed you again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I don't understand. A lot of movies do that, where they're like, "Oh, we are honoring the like." I'm not really sure if you're honoring them, unless you're unless you're getting into detail about the lives well, of see, each and every one of those like, people. They don't do that at all. They, you know, they don't even say half of them remain nameless. They just get shot. You just film them just get shot, and that's it. Like it doesn't go into their lives at all. You don't even know their names. You don't even know who they were. So that's why at the end I'm kind of thinking like, how did you honor anyone? You just shot a bunch of people in the face and then said, hey, we honored the victims. I guess maybe by reminding people that this is something that happened and creating a I, creating a movie kind of you know cemented in into history. I mean, you're you're talking. I mean, maybe that's the whole thing. Like you're talking about this right now, you know? Yeah, that's only because I watch movies. And someone was like, "Man, this movie's really good," but I can just read about it. It, 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 you know, and it's all based on facts, which I appreciate on one hand because he doesn't try and, you know, he doesn't try and make anything up or like, oh, maybe this is why he did it. You know, none of that is going on. It's just facts. But on the other side of that, it's like, well, I can just, I can read this information. Yeah, no, I don't I, need to see people get shot in the face for it for it to, you know, affect me. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. Like, know, as far as what they mean when they say like honoring the victims or whatever. I mean, maybe it's just, it's honoring them by making a movie about them. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's difficult. I mean, from a filmmaking standpoint, the actual film itself, it's good. The black and white is gorgeous. The utilizes a lot of experimental camera movements. Just, it kind of throws in everything, just uses stuff left and right. Some of it works, some of it doesn't, but I mean, if I if I never saw it, I'm not really missing out. Hmm. Um, how how did you see this? This was on uh, Mubi. 
Mubi. So if you have a Mubi subscription, check that out. Again, Polytechnique. I saw one. Uh, I saw one that I was not excited about, and that's Tomorrowland. And I was very, I, I was disappointed. I guess I was just expecting it. I wasn't excited for it. I did, wasn't anticipating it. But I thought that it would be at least an entertaining, fun movie. But it was pretty dull and pretty boring. And I I did not enjoy myself with this one very much. It's really long. It's like two hours and ten minutes and it just it overstays its welcome basically the whole movie i mean i'm sure that most of you have seen trailers and it's about this girl who finds this magical pin and it and it shows her this this distant land this this alternate dimension sort of and then she meets up with george clooney who ends up taking her there and conflicts occur and she has to save Tomorrowland and whatever, and oh, this is conflicts, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the way that they get to Tomorrowland, it turns out that the Eiffel Tower is is uh, like a <laughs> spaceship, basically. I do. Yeah, if you look on the letterbox page for Tomorrowland, they show you a little thing of what the Eiffel Tower <laughs> looks like. It like opens up, and the, the the all the big thinkers like Edison and Tesla, they created this this transport ship that in in the Eiffel Tower that takes people to Tomorrowland. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, the whole movie is basically about mm. new school versus old school sci-fi. That's what the whole movie is about. It's it's sort of talking about how back in the day every the way that people looked at science fiction in the future it was very bright and promising. And yeah. exciting. Mm-hmm. And then nowadays, all the sci-fi movies are very dark and dystopian. And Correct. the whole movie is supposed to be about bringing that bringing that old optimism back. Mm-hmm. But... The, Do you the, think? No, because I'll tell you... I'll tell you why. She goes to Tomorrowland, and when she goes to Tomorrowland, it is that post-apocalyptic dystopian future. The movie basically is what it's preaching against and it's that fact alone really bothered me about this movie yeah but did she save it and then optimism flourishes and yes 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 like- of course of course mm. wow. it's just not it just wasn't i mean there's giant robot fights and what yeah there's giant robots in this surprise surprise Summer blockbuster with giant robots. What? Craziness. I will say that that Brad Bird is... He's a good action director. He's really good at creating adventures. You know, he's the guy that did The Incredibles and The Last Mission Impossible. And I love those movies. And I think that with Tomorrowland, the actual place of Tomorrowland, it's, yeah. it's gorgeous looking. I mean, it looks awesome. And I loved that aspect of it it looked really good it all looked very cg but it's to be expected yeah because this place is huge it's like a giant city uh but the weird thing was there's like nobody in the city it was this enormous city that had almost no people in it at all for most of the movie just looks completely empty other than hugh laurie who's the bad guy and then some random soldiers and some giant robots (laughs) yeah and a couple giant robots uh so yeah 
Tomorrowland, big disappointment. Can't recommend it. I do have a full review up on the site, so you can check it out. Read my more detailed thoughts on it. But I think I gave it like a five or five and a half. Ooh. Yeah, just oh boy. was not feeling this one at all. Goodness. I have one that I was feeling, kind of. I, I got to see Girlhood. Oh, okay. That, that popped popped up on the old Netflix yeah, instant. Yeah, I saw that some people were talking about that on Twitter this weekend. So I got to got to knock that off the list. Uh, it didn't live up to the expectations. It didn't live up to you know how great I was expecting it to be, considering what everyone said. But about this. I did say that you're not you're not real big on coming of age stories, and that might not. I'm not yeah, I I'm not. I'll be honest, I'm not. Uh, not really the biggest problem that I have with this movie. The biggest problem I had is it kind of felt like cinematic shorthand. Like we would just we would deal with something and then we would just move on to something else, and we would you know would talk about that for a little bit, and then we would move on to something else. And it but it wouldn't really develop any of these things. It would just kind of touch on it and then move on. It's just a series of new things for the main character to go through. You know, for her. Well, at home, and then at school, and then the gang, and then at home again, and then another part of the gang, and then she's working for this guy, and then she's here drug dealing, and it's just like, okay, can we just stay in one spot and like develop things? But I have to say, the things that really worked for me was when she was with the gang, and it was just those four girls just hanging out. Yeah, and I was surprised that I liked the rihanna scene oh i thought that that was the best scene in the whole movie uh, yeah which i was kind of figuring i would hate because i'm not a rihanna fan well, no, neither am i <laughs> and it, like even when it first started i was like oh what the fuck are we doing are you kidding me and then you know like a little bit later i'm like oh we're gonna do the whole song oh my god and then you know just that a little bit after that i was like all right yeah all right i like this scene this is fun have you seen mommy yet Mm-mm. Okay, never mind. Is he do like kind of the same no, thing? No, we'll we'll talk about it. Right. Have you seen it? I don't want right. to say anything. All right. All right. Uh, plus the performances I thought were fantastic. Just it it felt real. It felt natural. Everyone just felt natural. Agreed. Like they, you know, they they've just been friends this this entire time. Just it still I still recommend it. Still a good movie. Just didn't quite uh, reach to kind of. A, as advertised, I guess, as you would say. I was a I was a huge fan of this. In fact, this is still number what uh, on my list of top ten or top movies of the year. Three. This is still number three on my list. I did really like the opening. I thought it was fantastic. Love. After yeah. after the football, mm-hmm. which I was kind of mm-hmm. weird seeing French people playing American football. Yeah. Girls. I didn't know they French, I didn't French know girls they, playing football. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, I didn't apparently know they, they do. Football in France. I love the the cinematography. This in this movie, it really for me, it hit all it it hit all the right notes for me. Like there's there's certain techniques and shots that I that I always have a soft spot for, and this hit a lot of those for me. Yeah, I just I did really like that uh, how. Oh, they're making so much noise and they're having such a great time and they're walking home and they're talking. Mm-hmm. As soon as they get to a group of guys, it's silence. Yeah, yeah, silence. Yeah, and it, I kept, I kept, which I do appreciate. It was refreshing that it didn't get 
terrible because I just kept thinking that something terrible was going to happen, which is, you know, that's kind of even kind of tells you. Yeah. Where, where, how it is for a woman, because even just watching them walk home, I'm like, oh shit, something terrible yeah. is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing about this movie is that it didn't, it gets serious, but it doesn't, it doesn't rip you apart. You know, it, it, it there's nothing in it that's uh, horrific. Yeah, which I I appreciate it. Nothing, you know, one of these overly dramatic. Right, developments like, like I don't want to say that it's just try and rip your heart yeah. out. It still affects you, but it's all you know. It's like normal. You, it, it, it's I I feel like it's more in line with what typical adolescent girls go through, and nothing like crazy. She's not. Uh, a heroin addict living on the streets in France or anything like that. Like it's it's she's growing up in a in a fairly typical lower class environment. Yeah, knifing people, <laughs> heroin money. Yeah, because her and her falcon have a heroin problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not you're not seeing a whole lot of that, but <laughs> I would uh, absolutely recommend it. It's on Netflix, so if you have a Netflix subscription, yeah. give it check that give it a, check that sucker out. Give it a watch because out of ninety movies, eighty nine movies that I saw this year, that's number three so far. Oh boy, yeah. Um, well, I'll talk about Chappie. I saw this last week. I didn't get oh, around to talking it about sh- it. Keep it short. I got time for Chappie. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. You can well, no, I will keep it short. It's not very good. Um. This did not work for me on really any level. And I talked to you about this a little bit off the air, Kevin, last week. And yeah. it's, uh, I, I really want to like Neil Blomkamp. I want to like him because I think that his visual style is there. It is there. I love the look of Chappie. I love the look of this world, all the robots, just this, this, uh, this, uh, this very intricate universe that he creates just like he did in Elysium, which was another movie that was not very good, and District 9, which was very good. Um, mm. With Chappie, it's it's very it's a very typical kind of robot movie. It feels like Short Circuit mixed with RoboCop. Very much a blending of those two movies. Where Chappie, he he is conscious, like he's a, he's self aware, and he's like fully fully uh, full AI. He can learn. He has a, he has emotion, which is interesting. Okay. But the problem is, so early on in the movie, he gets kidnapped. Uh, basically, oh. Dev Patel creates him, and he gets kidnapped by Diantward, the music group Diantward, and they take him back, and they want him to. Give him, give them a code that turns off all the robotic cops, so they can pull this heist. And he's like, "Well, I don't have that. They're they're, they're fully automated. I can't do that." And then they look in his truck and they, in his van, they see that they, they he has Chappie, which hasn't been turned on yet. He hasn't tested it, so they make him turn it on, test it, Chappie, and he's alive and stuff. And they basically kick Dev Patel out, and he just uh. leaves. And Dev Patel just leaves. So they raise Chappie as their own, and they kind of train him to be a thug, be a gangster. And things happen and it gets, I I won't give away anything as far as what, where it goes, 
but I will say that it is completely ridiculous, and by the end, it is laughably bad. It just does not work on any level. And it just, as the movie progresses, it just falls apart. It just keeps keeps falling apart over and over, and eventually there's just nothing left, and it's ridiculous. And Diane Word, I don't know why they're in this movie. They probably shouldn't have been in it because it felt like it was their movie. It felt like they were taking center stage. Uh, And there there were parts of this movie where they wore... Diane word shirts. They wore shirts with pictures of themselves with their band's logo on on them, as if they were advertising themselves. And mm. at one point, uh, the the girl Yolandi Visser, she wore a Chappie shirt. <laughs> she had a shirt that says Chappie, and it's a picture of Chappie. And it's like, where did you have the time to make this shirt? Did you go to like Kinkos and get this shirt? made or something like uh, what's happening here uh, it's just it gets so ridiculous uh and hugh jackman is the bad guy he's got a sweet mullet in this and he's not he's not a very good bad guy because you never really understand like you, you kind of get where he's coming from but his his actions later on <clears throat> don't match the way that he acts towards the beginning of the movie and it's just it's a failure sorry it's just not good. It's just straight failure. Yeah, I mean, it's visually, the special effects work on point. Like, all the robot stuff, like, you can't tell what's CG and what's practical, and it just it looks really good. All the design work looks awesome. And we, we got a, uh, they sent us a coffee table book for Chappie, like an art book. Yeah. And I, I looked through that after watching it, and, I mean, they went into a lot of detail with the production design of this movie. And I feel bad, you know, knocking a movie that looks this good and clearly had this much time put into it. Yeah, but just put that same amount of time into like the actual story. Right. And exactly. Acting, you know, exactly. Else. And I think that this is also based on a book or something. So I, maybe that has something to do with it, but yeah. Uh, is it the giant word in the book? I don't, I don't think so, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Get fucking Die Antwoord out of your movie. Yeah. Maybe it'll be better. Why is Die Antwoord in there? I don't know. I mean, as far as acting, I was really surprised because I thought that they were going to be horrible. And they they weren't that bad. They were they were not. Although I did hear, I read that uh, Ninja was horrible to work with on the set. And they had a lot what? of... What? Really? Yeah, they had a lot of issues with him. Ninja! Ninja! <laughs> From Diane Word's hard hard to work with. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Can't imagine. Man, I would have never thought that shit. Wow. Who knew? Uh I have one here for you. Peter Greenaway. A Z and Two Knots. Nineteen eighty five. Okay. This is this is different. <laughs> it's about two twins, okay? Zoologists. Twins. The Deuce brothers. It starts off they're uh they're both of their wives die in a car accident. A uh, driver hits a swan out in front of the zoo. Once swan's way, get it? Mm. It's got little fucking tricks in there. Little wordplay tricks. Left and right. Oh, man. Because they're clever. So, that happens. Both Deuce brothers just... Oh, man, they're a wreck. One guy starts just trying to go back to the beginning. Evolution. Try and figure out where it ends. You know, where did everything go wrong? 
just trying to figure things out. The other guy goes the opposite direction. He wants to just film everything decaying to try and find answers, I guess. And they end up befriending the, the woman that drove the car that ultimately killed their wives. She lost a leg in the accident. So then, of course, then it gets into all this symmetry stuff. You have... There's just so much going on in this damn movie. <clears throat> Most of it is to no really end goal whatsoever. Uh, there's a lot of talk. You know, we're discussing discussing symmetry. We're discussing nature. We're just discussing decomposing evolution. You know, it's so many topics. But they're just discussing them. They're just, you know, kicking shit back and forth on these topics and it really doesn't go anywhere i mean there's a lot of very bizarre imagery cinematography is really the only thing that keeps you engaged throughout because holy shit these are some of the most immaculately staged frames you will see Hmm. they are unbelievable you know the symmetry of these frames and everything and i i don't know it's 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 a tough one. I definitely recommend it because you just need to see it. But it, again, for me, it feels like one of those uh, bullshit uh, modernism pieces where it's just like there's just a bunch of little crumbs here and there. It's like if you want to take the time, you can piece them together and you might come up with something. But in all actuality, it's kind of has nothing to say. Hmm. It's kind of hollow, but it's nice to look at. Okay. And you get some you get some weird stuff going on in there. You get to see uh, number one, English people say they pronounce zebra very oddly, and it's it's obsessed with zebras. There's <laughs> so much zebra talk going on in here, as they say zebras, and it's just it's something. It's something else. You get to see a zebra decay and fast forward. Oh, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> a swan decay, a dog, an apple. Which I made the I didn't know that that was a thing in this movie. So I was eating while I was watching it. That was terrible. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was just. That was a, and while they're doing the decay footage, they play this like really jaunty tune, kind of like makes it really happy and upbeat. And by the like the fifth time they're decaying an animal, I kind of got into it. And I'm like, yes, they're decaying an animal. This is awesome. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> maggots woo all right all right but i i mean this is my first time it dipping my toes into peter greenaway territory and uh i'm definitely curious to, to see more i wasn't you know completely put off but uh i, I don't know yeah i was just I don't know about this one i was looking through his filmography here i don't think i've seen anything of his the only thing is the cook the thief his wife and her lover my wife saw that and said it's fantastic so i'll probably go there next and that is Z and Two Knots. Looks like it's available on Netflix Instant, right? Uh, no, I watched this on Fandor, but maybe it's on Netflix too. I don't know. It says play on in. Oh, maybe that's net. Uh, Amazon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Amazon Instant. So if you have uh, Amazon, that's that's on there. Uh, I don't really have anything else that I care to mention. I have one last one. This I also watched on Fandor called Massacre Gun, 1967. Japanese uh, crime movie, black and white. Jazzy as all hell. Mm. Just jazz soundtrack throughout. Uh, When it's good, it's good. When it's good, it's really fucking good. 
just the problem is is that the times that it's not good there's really nothing going on hmm. they're just kind of like waiting around or just discussing like what their next move's gonna be and it's just it honestly it's kind of it's kind of tedious but man when this fucker is good holy shit is it good uh you got mob hitman right off the bat he's forced to kill his lover so he's not too happy right and then his brother gets gets into some shit and he decides i'm getting out of this quitting the family and then what he does on top of that is he's like well fuck it i'm just gonna take over now i'm just gonna attack everybody and it's just all out war so now he's fighting against his old crew and his best friend and they just go him and his brothers just go ape shit taking over the town and things get out of hand very quickly there is there's a shootout sequence where a guy tries to number one he gets caught in bed with a woman guy comes in with a gun he uses the woman as a shield and then when he escapes he ends up getting shot like 140 times (laughs) and they just show it so it's just him against a brick wall a line of people and they just shoot him forever and he sells the shit out of every single bullet hit in his body it is ridiculous to watch uh you got a guy getting killed and then his body is delivered back to his crew in a coffin with a time bomb (laughs) wrapped around his neck which is pretty fucking badass and uh i i recommend this movie alone just for the ending confrontation the shoot down it takes place on a like a uh currently in construction uh highway so it's not completely finished it's completely abandoned and for some reason i guess why they were building it they just left the trucks and all this stuff shit there so they use it like you know it just kind of like materializes out of nowhere as like you know like a like a paintball course <laughs> you know they're running around to like drums and stuff and it's like why are there just drums sitting around for no reason and scaffolding why is there scaffolding it's a highway what do you need scaffolding for? But anyways, why that alone I recommend because that shootout is fantastic. Hmm. And what was the name of this again? It's called Massacre Gun, which is a pretty badass title. Doesn't make sense, but yeah, it is badass. Massacre Gun. What? There's more than one gun. What year is that from? Sixty-seven. Oh wow, that's old. So it's that you know it's yeah it's that. That Japanese jazzy '60s gangster flick. Cool. I have to check that out. All right, let's talk about some predictions. Last week, Poltergeist. You said 52. I said 56. Actual 34. Mm. I have not seen that this weekend. I was thinking about going to see it, and then <laughs> saw the reviews. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. We do have a review for that up on the site. Blake gave that a 3 out of 10, so... Ooh. <laughs> yep. Uh, Tomorrowland, you said 58. I said 68, actual 49. So, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. not not a great week, really. That sucks. That sucks. And truthfully, we were having a really hard time just picking out what movies to watch this yeah. weekend. <laughs> yeah, it was a, that was a rough one. Next week... We have San Andreas. A little, dis- is this... a little disaster action. Oh. Oh, it's a disaster movie? Yeah, it's the one with The Rock. Oh, okay. What are you thinking, on? What are you thinking on this one? 21. 
Mm, I'll say 36. Optimism. Now... Tomorrow, Tomorrowland did work. See? Yeah, there we go. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, as far as wide-release movies go, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what other than San Andreas is coming out, honestly, in wide-release. Uh, Aloha looks like it's getting a wide release next week. Oh, we think fun, <laughs> fun. Now uh, that doesn't seem like one that you would be interested in. Now this movie looks like absolute shit. Are you kidding me? I don't think I've even seen a trailer for it. So I haven't either. I just saw that it's called Aloha and it's Cameron Crowe. <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of people in it. <laughs> It's got like Bradley Cooper and Emma Stone, Rachel McAdams, Danny McBride, John Krasinski, aka Kevin Rakestraw. <laughs> uh, Bill Murray's in there. Shit, I don't remember doing this movie. What? Must must it's, not be that important then. A celebrated military contractor returns to the site of his greatest career triumphs and reconnects with a long ago love, while unexpectedly falling for the hard-charging Air Force watchdog assigned to him oh i did oh, i yeah no. i remember this i did see a trailer for this i'll um, i'll say 41 on that i'll say 18 hmm. Hmm. okay in limited release we have survivor uh we have barely lethal that's the one with um what's her name Haley steinfeld and survivors with pierce brosnan and uh uh, Mila Jovovich, I think, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We have Walking on Sunshine, which is a musical. Looks pretty rough. We have Heaven Knows What. Obviously, I recommend that. Yes. We have Results. It, I'm just, I'm forever interested in this. In Results? It's just, it's just I don't understand it's, how this is a thing. Yeah, it seems uh, very odd. It just doesn't make sense to me. It, I saw the trailer. Did you see the trailer for this? I saw the trailer, and it still doesn't make sense to me. It's supposed, it's, uh, from what I read, it's like kind of weird. Like it's kind of a. And I'm, I do, I do appreciate. I like the fact that Kevin Corgan seems to be like the main character. It's just about. It seems that way, yeah. So I, I like that idea. It, uh, yeah. I if know. you if you have a movie and you're going to make Kevin Corrigan the main character. I'm automatically going to see it. Just a heads up. Well, you, future re- future reference. I'm just interested because it's Andrew Bajolski and exactly. Then you add that, and you got Guy Pierce in there, Brooklyn Decker, Giovanni Ribisi. It's just it's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Deshaun Scott apparently pops up in there. Yeah, Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> it seems like a weird one. <laughs> I'll be checking that one out, probably. Uh, Let's see. We also have Gemma Bovary. We have I Believe in Unicorns. Nice. That one's been... That's played at a lot of festivals that I've been to. And I've always... Several times I put it on my schedule, but I never followed through. So that one's been kind of eluding me. It looks decent. Hmm. Unfreedom. That looks awful. And... uh, Let's see. Two Doors, Nicole. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I have for next week. On VOD next week, we have a lot of those that I mentioned that are getting limited release. Um, results, Barely Lethal, Survivor, Unfreedom, 
Nightingale, which is going to be on HBO, uh, Walking on Sunshine, and Hot Girls Wanted, which is a documentary that's going to be premiering on Netflix. Okay. Next week on DVD and Blu-ray, we have Ballet 422. I saw that. Uh, It was okay. It wasn't great. It was fairly interesting, but nothing spectacular. Yeah. I'm not a... I talked about it a couple months ago on the show, but I'm not a huge ballet guy anyway, so... Not your thing. Not my thing. Cut bank. Huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm, No, 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 no. That one didn't work at all. Uh, We have The Sweet Blood of Jesus. Oh, that sweet, sweet blood. That sweet blood. (laughs) Sweet, sweet blood of Jesus. That one worked for you, but not so much for me. That did work for me. That's still one of my favorites so far this year. Not me. I mean, it was okay. I didn't really have too much of a problem with it, other than I thought it looked like shit. Oh, harsh. Uh, But what about sensual berry eating? There is is that, yeah, that helps. I don't know about you, but I eat my berries much differently since watching that movie. I do think about it quite a bit. (laughs) Uh, Dial a Prayer. It's one with Brittany Snow and... William H. Macy. Mm-hmm. That one doesn't look very good. Gunwoman is finally coming out. Oh, shit. I, I, Didn't you see that like two years yeah, ago? Yeah, I saw that at Fantasia Fest. Uh, it was last year. Last year's Fantasia Fest. But it's been out for a while. I feel it. like. But yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty graphic. I think that it was one of those movies where not a lot of people wanted to touch it. Because it is... I mean, the woman's naked the entire movie. Like, start to finish, she is completely nude. And just guns inside of her body. And she has guns inside of her body, yes, that she cuts out of herself. Wow. Wow. It's, uh... Cinema. Look how (laughs) far we've come. It's crazy. It is a crazy-ass movie, and I would give it a light recommend. Only if you're into very gory, violent stuff. Maybe check it out. Uh, Speaking of which... Island of Death is getting a release on Arrow. What is this? Uh, now, what, is, what is this? We what talked this? about Arrow. Arrow. I think it's Arrow Video or Arrow Films. I can't remember. Uh, we talked about Arrow before on the show, and they used to only release uh, Region 2 DVDs and Blu-rays over in the UK, but now they have a US arm, and they're releasing stuff over here, and Island of Death is one of them. And this is one that I watched maybe a year ago, and it is brutal. It is this extremely disturbing exploitation film from the 70s that basically is about a couple who go to Greece and just kill people. They just kill people. Hmm. And it is really disturbing and graphic. And yeah, that one that one's tough, a tough watch. Wow. Uh, the Loft is coming out. I heard that was garbage. My Life Directed well. by Nicholas Winding Refn. I'd, prob- I'd probably only watch that one if like you re- if you like him a lot. If you're a big fan of Only God Forgives, this acts as kind of a behind-the-scenes making of, of that movie. All right. I thought it was mildly interesting. It, it's not very long. It's If I remember correctly, it's only like an hour long. So it's, it's not... It doesn't overstay its welcome and this uh seventh son which is that which i don't know what it is it's the one with jeff bridges the fantasy one 
<laughs> I enjoyed that. You're trying to figure out which movie that is. Well, I knew which one it was, but I didn't know how to describe it. It's the fantasy one. Yeah, because I thought I was going to say witch hunting one, but I don't think it's there's witches. <laughs> there is some other movie about witch hunting that's got Vin Diesel that I was thinking of. I like how these these like big time actors seem to do these fantasy films like on the sly. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of sneak out. Uh, Criterions, what do we got? We have three, three coming out. One we have uh, Fossbender, The Virgin of Four Seasons, coming out from 1971. What? <laughs> right. And then we have two uh, Costa Gravas movies. Apparently, he's the master of the political thriller, which I've been wanting to get into his films for a while. Maybe this will be the time. But if you notice that every single week I talk about the Criterion movies, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to see that. I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just keep my mouth shut. State of Siege comes out from 1972 and 1970's The Confession. Cool. Which, hold up, real quick, The Confession and The Merchant of Four Seasons will also be on Hulu+. Plus. State of Siege, not so much. Okay. So if you have Hulu+, Plus, you can check out two of those. So. Yep. All right, well, I think that that'll do it for the day. Thank you again for Calvin coming on the show. Check out his Kickstarter. I'll put, again, I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, send us your questions to podcastfilmpulse.net. Follow us on Twitter, at filmpulse.net, and at filmpulsekevin. And please take a look at our Patreon page at patreon.com slash filmpulse, and consider subscribing for as little as $1. $1 per month. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson, and we'll see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches a Movie.